the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. Welcome in, Rob Black, talking stocks, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Bitcoin, not quite a stock, but a currency. You may have heard of the terms Forex before and not known exactly what it means. It means foreign exchange. Um, Stock's getting hit, well, not the stock, but the currency is getting hit again after Chinese media reported the country's regulators were moving closer to shutting down exchanges. Uh, reports today are basically stating that um, this was first indicated on Monday that China had planned to ban trading of Bitcoin and other virtual currencies in its exchanges. China Business News reported that the city of Shanghai has verbally halted Bitcoin exchanges. The website CryptoCoins News, which I guess we need that <laughs> to stay on top of all of our CryptoCoin uh, news needed relationships said that uh, a local newsletter said that the banning of Bitcoin exchanges was certain. That's a pretty big one. That's a a damning situation. Imagine if you've collected baseball cards your whole life, and then the President of the United States says, no more trading of baseball cards. You'd be like, whoa, right? Um, China banned ICOs earlier this month, and more recently, uh, that's the coin operations tied towards uh, Bitcoin, uh, rumors that it might ban cryptocurrency trading altogether have escalated. And earlier this week, you saw JP Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon say it was fraud. Uh, Bitcoin was fraud that would eventually blow up. Cryptocurrency has plunged about 25% since its September 1 highs, but it's still up 300% for the year. So it's almost like which one are we taking a look at? Which one do we believe? Um, Short term trend? Weekly trend? or the quarterly or yearly trend. It's pretty interesting. And again, I own no Bitcoin. To me, it's a currency that's used um, kind of in the shadows for now. I'm not paying my mortgage with it. I know that mortgage originators are transferring money with it. I know that some countries in the world that don't have strong banking systems are using it for legitimate reasons. Um, So there's a lot of positives with Bitcoin and the uh, technology behind it. But... It's not quite ready for prime time. And to be ready for prime time, you have to have your currency tested. Maybe this is the test. Maybe this is the test. Now, you've heard about FANG stocks, I'm sure. Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. We're talking stocks. Uh, Massive breakout in 2015. That's kind of when they got that nickname, the FANG stocks. At times, uh, Google's been the A in FANG or a double A. And uh, you get their Tesla in there at times, but Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. Now, since Google's also called Alphabet, that's kind of why it became the, another A. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Apple's been in there at times, but the core is Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. And it's been hotly debated on where they go now. 
they have returns of 83% between them in 2015 and posted another solid year, albeit a, uh, without the same degree of outperformance in 2016. So 2017, all four have comfortably been beating the market. So they have been winners, 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 not only amongst themselves, but amongst their peers Wait. on their sector and the overall stock market. Remember, there's you know, things that you always want to look at. How's the stock market doing? How's the sector doing? How's the individual company doing? When looking at investments, it's pretty difficult. It's not easy to predict what's going to happen next from a macro, political, or economic point of view. You know, Google's always under pressure now because of the way that they bundle their services. Um, plus, their services are, have got a lot of information that they tend to resell. So what can you do um, to capitalize on the big trends shaping these guys? Do you buy them on dips? The big trends, you first have to realize what they are. Cloud computing, digital advertising, e-commerce, and they're just a few examples of the seismic trends that have meaningful investment impact. Uh, digital services get better the more they're used. Uh, consider the digital services that infuse our lives daily. Log into Facebook, Instagram, Amazon, or Netflix, and you kind of see that it's been personalized for you, right? The more you use it, the more it knows about you. Amazon shows you the products it thinks you might want to buy or maybe things that you've looked up or maybe things that you've searched outside of Amazon. Facebook and Instagram show you posts from your friends or topics that you're most interested in or things you've searched for. Sometimes Facebook sees some of your pictures that you went skiing last time this year and they're like, oh, let's go to uh, a mountain and uh, see if we can't sell some ski passes for them because we know Rob likes to ski. Even on Netflix, each family member can have their, his or her profile and they're personalized. Uh, for the individual, not just the family. So uh, your young son's uh, videos where he tends to like horror movies, uh, they're kind of colliding with your young daughter's movies who tend to be Disney princesses, kind of colliding with your documentary angle. And you can see information served up just for you, just for them. Cable box is getting more and more interesting. The guide you see is the same for everybody. You flip it to ESPN, what you see is what everybody else sees. Same for CBS or HBO or AMC. So the TV's becoming very, very static. Yet Netflix is saying, you know what? I know you like horror movies or I know you like documentaries. Let me suggest another one. And then the CEO, COO, CTO, CFO, CMO, someone's going to say, we need more documentaries. Rob's going through them too fast. Danger, danger, you must hit the documentary button. Do not hit the documentary button. You must hit the documentary button. Do not hit the documentary button. Danger, Will Robinson, danger. Grab today's paper and you see the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. And, you know, on them, you know, uh, you see again and again stories about cord cutting. And if you're not cord cutting, you're at least thinking about throttling back. And you're like, maybe I only need one TV with cable and I could have... Chromecast or an Apple TV or something on the other one. So if you read on an iPad, um, you know, it's digital, it's connected. You still get the same articles as the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, but you also get the most popular, you get the most read. So you don't even have to, like, digest and then, like, look through the paper for something that intrigues you. Over to the right, you see Alibaba's Jack Ma does a Michael Jackson impersonation. You see Baker Hughes, a GE company, show me the money. You see McAfee rebuting Jamie Dimon saying cryptocurrencies are not a fraud. They're going to go to $500,000. So the digital iPad versus the reading the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal versus the, new, the paper, it's personalized to what you read the most. 
Now, for each of the FANG stocks, improving personalization for users and customers, it's critical to future growth and opportunities. If Mark Zuckerberg knows that I like the Green Bay Packers and he creates a TV show for the Green Bay Packers, but I never find it, it's useless. Facebook tracks your engagement to learn what content and ads you prefer in your newsfeed. Amazon continues to benefit from its flywheel strategy where more participation from Prime members drives greater loyalty and purchasing. Scott Galloway out of New York University has posted uh, the idea that pretty soon Amazon may send two boxes a week, one containing the products it thinks you want and one in which you can return the ones you don't want. One day, Amazon's personalized predictions might get so precise that only a single box will arrive at your door. Big data error, we're in it. The more we use, the more the data yield curves. The more data captured, the more analyzed, the more improved the services. You realize TV's static, and the internet and digital and Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google are dynamic. Winner takes all. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. What is this? Stock Talk with Rob Black. 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 It's me. That means I'm talking right now. Black. Stock Talk. Black. One of the things I want to try to accomplish is to bring you ideas when I control this hour, Stock Talk, about trends and about investing, about individual stocks. And maybe I'll get to the individual stocks, maybe I won't today, but I'm talking about the trend of there's basically $300 billion in tech and media growth dollars coming in the next three years. Subscriptions are a big primary driver. Um, paid content, ad revenue, cost of the internet access itself. And uh, we're growing. So tech and media and they, how they combine over the next three years, you're going to hear a lot about you know speaker battles this Christmas. Then you're going to start hearing more about virtual reality and augmented reality. And the chase for television viewers, the chase for television viewers and television dollars. And how did sports play into this? At some point in time, Apple could buy an NFL team. Whoa, right? Google could buy an NFL team. Um, it's not out of the question. Uh, they got the money. Access leads revenue growth is the idea. But, you know, I've already talked about how there's more than 24 hours a day because we multitask. One of the areas that I want to talk a little bit more about is, again, I've been the video super users. And super users break into a lot of different groups. Video super users count for a disproportionate amount of time. Um, and also over-index on spend. So top 25% of users watch four and a half hours of daily video a day. And they don't even say watch daily video. Research says they have daily video attention. That's kind of crazy, right? So, and the amount that they spend is disproportionately large. So, um, so if you can get the people who are over-watching, you know, they're watching a Netflix while they're watching a Hulu, while they're watching uh, a Bloomberg television on their phone. Something like that. It gets kind of nutty. Super sports fans follow the same trend. So the super fans, as you can see, the super video consumers, um, the super sports fans the same way. The top 25% of them who watch 10 plus hours weekly spend about 61% of the, the revenue. In audio, in music, is probably the best way of saying it. It's not just audio, though. It's obviously books and other things. Super users account for almost half the consumer spend. So the top thirty, uh, top twenty-five percent, top twenty-five percent of users account for basically sixty-four percent of the time spent listening. 
and they do about 50% of the consumer spend. So finding these people and finding their activities um, is pretty important for the, not the survival, but for the the winner. In video games, the curve is even steeper on the super users who are the core of gaming and how much they spend, how much they consume versus how much they spend is pretty crazy. I'm a casual gamer. There's a new Star Wars video game coming out that I want to play. I want to, you know, battle uh, Darth, Darth Vader. I know you're saying, are you stuttering now? No, I'm not stuttering. I want to be an Ewok. I want to jump into an X-Wing and take down the Dark Lord himself. Chewbacca could be my R2-D2. <laughs> so, but I'm a casual gamer. That game's going to cost $49, $59, $69, whatever it is when it comes out. But on top of it, you can get early access, you can play the beta, you can get special characters. Uh, if you want to be the Ewok chief versus just an Ewok, you can pay for the right to do that. The most important insights for tech and media again, going forward in 2018, 19, and 20, is that it's $300 billion in growth dollars. And the average person spends about 31 hours a day. The super users, a lot more time and a lot more money. Now let's get into what I think is going to be fascinating for 2017 Christmas season. 2017 Christmas season will be the season of the speaker. Amazon's got Alexa and the dot. They got the Alexa Echo and the Dot. Google's got the Google Assistant and Home. Microsoft has Cortana and Cortana-powered speakers that don't really have a name yet. Um, then you get Apple with a HomePod. And we don't really know much about that as far as data usage at this point. Samsung has a digital assistant named Bixby, who I'm pretty sure is a weakling. Um, but... You know, obviously, Apple HomePod's going to get Siri. Samsung's going to get Bixby. Then there's going to be partnerships that people make with uh, Alexa and Cortana, and that'll play out throughout 2018. Um, so Microsoft hasn't really announced those partners, but they will. Uh, then, just recently, we saw the Sonos One come out, and the Sonos Mini and the Sonos Max. And Sonos is out of Santa Barbara, and they move from State Street down to uh, the Funk Zone. Uh, the Funk Zone is kind of a revitalization era area in Santa Barbara. Facebook's going to have Facebook M, which we don't know much about as far as real users. Um, Asia's involved in all of this, too, with companies that you may not know much about. Uh, JD.com, um, they've got a speaker, Ling Long Ding Dong. I know you're saying, did you just make that up, Ling Long Ding Dong? No, I did not make that up. Baidu's got a play in it. Tencent's got a play. Uh, Line has a play with a speaker. Alibaba has a play with the Genie X1. Now, Alibaba's pretty fascinated about it. One of my favorite accumulation stocks out there, Baba. Um, they're trying to build this Genie 1 technology platform into more things than just speakers, or more so than just into consumer speakers. They're trying to build the speakers into restaurants, grocery stores, shopping. Uh, so they're trying to do a lot with it. There's a company called Kakao. They've got Kakao Mine. Uh, Xiaomi. So Samsung's got Bixby in Asia. And uh, so it's both a global play and a U.S. play as far as where these speakers are going. The smart speaker adoption. Oh, the baby's so cute. Well, let's adopt it. It's like a little baby monkey. The 
forecast for the smart speaker adoption is likely to be faster than any other consumer device. I want one. I picked up an Amazon Alexa, and I was so bitterly disappointed with the sound quality of it. I'm like, okay, I'm giving this away. smart thing to do, though, is to uh, make sure you get your account unlinked from it so people don't start ordering stuff. Um, but yeah, the smart speaker versus the smartphone versus the television. The number of years that it takes to get penetration in the United States is expected to be about 50% of the population in under five years for the smart speaker. For the smartphone, it was about eight years. For the television, it was about 12, 13 years. Uh, radio, internet, and computer all took 20 plus years. Years since commercial introduction to the U.S. market where it became 50% penetration. Fascinating. These stats can give you a lot of insights. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Money, 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 money. Tech, 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 tech. Find me online at Rob Black Show. If I have a seminar coming up, you can sign up for it and use code RADIO25 to get in for free. That's code RADIO25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. Whoa. I saw a review of the $200 Sonos One, and I've got Sonos wireless speakers wired into my home, and it's pretty awesome. Wireless speakers wired in, right? Um, it's pretty amazing. The review, the judgment was the Sonos Alexa powered smart speaker makes me want to ditch all my dumb speakers. And, you know, Sonos has always come out with high quality stuff, um, including something that's allows for like, it's called true play, which it allows you to like kind of move your phone around your speakers and it starts to come up with the best sound for that room, which trust me as a sound guy who works in radio, who talks stocks and talks investing. Um, a lot of what's promised in speakers aren't there, but with what Apple, with what Sonos are coming out with, it's pretty impressive. And the quality sound, you know, if you get it set up differently in your kitchen versus your living room is, is worth it. So this is going to be a big trend and it's not going to stop. So like I said, the forecast of the smart speaker adoption is going to be faster than any other consumer device in the history of tech devices. To get 50% penetration in the United States, it's going to take under five years. For the smartphone, it took under 10 years. For the TV, it took under 15 years. For radio, internet, and computer, it took 20-plus years. Now, the forecast that the device sales are likely to peak as digital assistants with conversational interfaces break free from smart speakers. Um, the peak when the device sales of digital assistants with conventional interfaces break free from the smart speaker. Um, did you ever see, like, the Buck Rogers TV show? Uh, when Buck would walk into his house and the lights would come on and he'd talk to the computer. Beedy, 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 beedy. What's up, Buck? I loved that show. And I loved that show because I was a young boy. And my uh, it's funny because every now and then you're searching for words and you're like, my hemorrhoids, no. My steroids, no. My hormones were going crazy. There's beautiful women on that show, right? So I like the science fiction plus the beautiful women. Is that Buck Rogers' theme? Yeah, it is. Gil Gerard. Boy, he was one of those guys who wore the old Tommy Tucker uh, wraps. But focus it a little Aaron Gray, obviously. Um, and Tweety as Tweety. So, and Dr. Theopolis, who Tweety carried around. But we don't need to go into that. 
So the forecast that device sales are likely to peak is digital assistance coming in sometime around 2019. Um, Apple, by coming up with their face unlock, when you start putting face unlock into speakers and when you start putting face unlock into your door so it unlocks for you, when you start turning face unlock into your TV so it can like warm up and power up for you and you know, turn it to sports, if you're always tuning into sports at 7 p.m., tune into news at 10 p.m. kind of thing. But some slowdowns. There's going to be alternative access to voice, which will be embedded throughout the home by a smart home devices. That's going to remove the need for the speaker. The TV will have it. The door will have it. The thermostat will have it. There'll be a longer refresh cycles for smart speakers compared to smartphones because speakers aren't phones where we need all the bells and whistles constantly being evolved. Akin to smart speakers, you know, you get single-use devices, um, standalone GPS devices, dedicated e-readers. Um, they all had declined in unit sales as they kind of started to peak. So the speaker is going to be super important until about the year 2019. And then a lot of what we're going to be doing with that is going to be switching over to TVs and other devices. So right now you get in front of your kitchen and go, hey, Alexa, what's the weather today? Um, and soon that could just be your alarm clock where you wake up and go, what's the weather? And your computer. Do you have sexy voice or do you have... Shall we play a game? Cowboy voice. And your your phone goes, well, they're right, you old block. It's going to be a day with lots of blistered sun. And I'm like, what did you say? Say that again? So a lot of single devices are going to start getting this Alexa-powered speaker, Siri-powered speaker. Um, instead of that brick that talks back to you, it's going to be some of the devices that make more sense. Say your car will uh, help manage car functions. You'll have a lock system around your home. Uh, you'll have something in your TV, uh, something in the kitchen. So that'll help with kitchen functions. The smart speaker battles are really the digital assistant war is what it comes down to. So Alexa, Facebook M, Cortana, Siri, and Google Assistant. They are the digital assistant, and they play into embedded voice devices, whether they be the Echo or the Dot, whether they be Facebook's application while you're using it, or uh, speakers that have Cortana licensed into them, or the HomePod, or the Google uh, Home Assistant. And these devices, these embedded voice devices, they bypass operating systems. Alexa doesn't need Windows. Uh, Siri won't need Apple's iOS uh, 10 or iOS uh, Mac Safari or whatever. Um, so the Google's assistant won't need, you know, the latest operating system for Google. And they'll just go straight to web searches. And what a lot of these embedded voice devices and digital assistants do is they do search, they do social, they do e-commerce, they do media, and they do communication and telephony. And right now you would probably say that... Social, will Facebook do the best social? Will Amazon's Alexa do the best e-commerce? Will Apple do the best media? Will do Google's uh, Home Assistant do the best search? Isn't that the guess right now? So the true objective of each of these tech companies is to own the digital assistant via the conversational interface, creating a layer which is basically between the consumer and the services they want you to consume, whether it be social or services or communication or media or hardware. You allow someone else to own the dominant digital assistant, which would create an existential threat to their business model. So Google can't give up. Google dominates search, right? If they let Amazon's Alexa take over search and Alexa's given us sports scores, 
then Google can't be selling sports tickets to sports searches. Um, and that would be bad. So to, per- to be relevant in the early stages of the digital assistant battle, ultimately each of these tech companies has started with a dedicated smart speaker, essentially a Trojan horse to deliver that artificial intelligence into the home. But again, that speaker won't become relevant or lose its relevancy 2019. And ultimately, I expect the hardware is going to become a commodity and the digital assistant will be ubiquitous through a set of devices. Um, I saw that Apple recently made a deal with General Electric where a lot of General Electric's um, expensive big turbines and big machines, uh, they know that they're going to break in the next 10,000 uses. And that turbine can now call Boeing and say, hey, my, my, my propeller system's about to fail. And you don't want that happening at 30,000 feet. So when did we get to the stage that a turbine is calling the airplane and the airplane's calling the mechanic? That's happening. And that's the goal here is that it becomes ubiquitous. Or your refrigerator goes, hey, black. That's, I, call, I call people by their last name because I grew up in a military family. So... He never called anyone by their first name. I don't know, understand why. I had a friend with last name Moran, so he got called Moron, of course. Um, but I was always called Black. Black. Come here. Black. 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 Black velvet. Black. Sexy. Black velvet underwear. Black. Not sexy. So a lot of digital assistants are already messaging bots, enabled through either a voice or text conversational interface. Digital assistants on mobile use familiar messaging interfaces to build comfort while capturing valuable data and basically improving that conversational understanding. Talking to you know Siri and have her uh, voice to text, it's gotten better, right? Digital assistants also provide relevant and timely suggestions uh, mid-conversation. So digitalists, uh, they can use and interact with um, voice or text, mobile, multiple t- types of platforms right now. So on your phone, when you hit um, like a voice to text, your phone's starting to give you some recommendations on if you were to say, hey, hey, Mark, I want to meet up for dinner tonight. You could start seeing like open table chomping at the bit to get into that that voice digital assistant interaction. So that open table can help you book a table and get their piece of that action on that. Uh, when you're like, hey, Mark, I'm on my way over uh, to your house and you know, navigation pops up. Google wants to sell advertising on your navigation. Like, oh, look, there's a gas station close by. And you just happen to be empty. Uh, So you kind of see how that digital assistant on the phone is already there. But putting it onto a speaker is much more... It it, it builds towards agnostic. So digital assistants are going to reach escape velocity as they're moving from the phone to the speaker. So right now they're embedded in messaging but they're going to jump out of that. So you're starting to see Amazon Alexa as a digital assistant all on her own. Then you get into Cortana and Siri and Bixby and Chinese assistants. But you're also starting to see some digital assistants on like Facebook and WhatsApp and Google Now that are totally independent. And they're already in a different world with their install base. So even though you don't think of that yet, in about a year, this will all make a little bit more sense. A lot of the tech companies view owning their digital assistant as part of their manifest destiny. So Google wants to own search. Amazon wants to own e-com- e-commerce. Apple wants to own device software operating system. 
Facebook wants to own social, and that's what their digital assistants are setting up to be. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more, talking tech, talking the future of tech and media. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. You know, I was just giving you advice from baby boomers that they wish they'd, you know, could write down and pass on to their kids. And none of it's like super rocket science. Stay invested for the long term. They look back at their lives in their 20s and they probably saw some scary things in the market. They look back at their 30s where they might have lost a job and might have wanted to tap into the stock market. My brother Michael is a genius. He works with the Center for Disease Control. He's literally, you know, a scientist that can look in microscopes and see evil things. He got out of the stock market in the early 90s. There was a saving and loans thrifts crash of banks. Bad loans. Wait, wait. Isn't that what happened in 2006, 2008? Bad loans? That's right. So history does repeat itself sometimes. And typically that's tied towards everyone deserves a mortgage. When politicians get out there and Bernie Sanders goes, I want to give a mortgage to uh, poodles. Poodles deserve a house. You're like, no, 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 no. Poodles can't pay that money back. Let's not give poodles $600,000. That's when we get into problems with loans. So when you start taking a look at your neighbor who's like doing a refi, pulling money out, and you know doing a whole brand new kitchen, and you're like, did you make a little more money this year or something? No, 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 just... Just pull the money out. You, you know you have to pay that back, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just a big check for $250,000 they gave me. It's no big deal. It's a big deal. So stay invested over the long term. Don't panic. Don't use your savings as a 401k, as a piggy bank. I question a lot of people using home equity lines of credit because suddenly when you get that home equity line of credit, you're like, oh, man. Oh, my, my, my. I deserve a BMW. And you don't deserve a BMW, but you think you do. You want to keep an eye on fees? This is the old people to the young people. You want to diversify your portfolio, protect yourself against market downturns. The one that I didn't get to that I wanted to get to was start saving early and often. 79% of generation uh, baby boomers, 79% said they think putting a portion of one's monthly income towards retirement is one of the best things you can do. Moreover, 60% of respondents said they wish they'd start investing as young as possible. Some younger investors might think diving into investing right away is intimidating or boring. Those who start investing earlier could end up with significantly greater returns. There you go. The difference from investing in your 20s and your 30s, it could be $200,000 to $400,000 when you're starting to talk about compound and annual growth rate. So Chloe, who invested over her entire career from age 25 to 65, ends up retiring with nearly $1.9 million. So she invested from 29 to 65, right? But if she started 10 years later, or her sister Layla started 10 years later, so she only did it from 35 to 65, She's only got 919000 But her sister started at twenty five, and she has $1.9 million. Is there a difference between $1.9 million and $900,000? Is there? I want to tell you this. Yes, there is. Aye, aye, Captain. So 2018, in my opinion, if I were to write what I think is going to happen, is going to be the year of the 10-year yield and interest rates and how they play out in mortgages, on credit cards, and auto loans, and everything else. You know when you're a car company... Your BMW goes, you can get 2.9% financing. You're like, 2.9 is pretty good. You know, my credit card's like at 16%. 2.9 sounds good. And then, and here's the big then, and then Federal Reserve raises interest rates, what, four times in the last couple of years? They expect to raise them three more times this year. Suddenly that 2.9% rate is 3.9%. And I call 3.9% is kind of starting a little bit high. I don't know. It feels a little bit high. Don't you think it's high? So some people who would invest in a BMW or buy a BMW at 2.9 won't at 3.9. And that's what the Fed's job is. Raise interest rates 
to cut down on the people who are speculating that they deserve a BMW. That's kind of how I read it. Want to be richer? Isn't that a funny idea? How can you become richer? Um, I can tell you how I started it. At age 18, all I cared about was girls in college. Maybe beer. What order? Probably girls, and then girls, and then college, and then girls, and then beer, and then girls. Mm, Beer. So what I did was I, I, I... called a mutual fund company. In this case, it was Roberts and Stevens in San Francisco. They had some of the best tech investment mutual funds. I said, can I open an account? And they said, sure. Do you want to automatically take money out of your bank account every month and put it into, into a mutual fund? I'm like, sure. That's easy. So I, I you know, I, I look at my check and I, I'm like, okay, I need to write void on it and I need to take these numbers and put them on those numbers. And I did. And it became automatic. That's how I got rich. I started by automating it. Because that night where I drank too much beer or enjoyed too many women or I studied too long and the next day I'm hungover from whatever activity I just did all of that effort into, I I didn't want to write a check. Um, On occasion, you need to ask for a raise. It's an odd thing, but, and I think most young people get it now because it drives the people who are older who don't want to do reviews crazy, but you should get a, a review every year. And at the end of the review, if you've done great, you should expect a conversation, something like this. Well, Tony, you've done great this year. And Tony goes, how much of a raise should that uh, equate into? Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't say you did did fantastic. You did great. Get out of my office. You're fired. So ask for a raise on occasion. Put your money into the stock market. Invest it. Find cheaper housing. That's a difficult one for most. But it's an important one. Buy a rental property. Let someone else pay for your mortgage. It's one of the biggest sticklers people have with buying expensive real estate. You don't have to buy expensive real estate. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Don't forget, big event coming up March 8th in Foster City. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.